I'm Commander Shepard, and this is Casually Hardcore, my favorite podcast on the internet. The following presentation is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike Non-Commercial License. For more information on Creative Commons licensing, please visit www.creativecommons.org. Panic, ladies and gentlemen, the casuals are taking control of the airways. This is Casually Hardcore Live on AlphaGeekRadio.com. For Sunday, the something of September, what is that? 8th of September, 2013, this is Casually Hardcore. And because I'm a parent, I'm going to go deal with my daughter instead (laughs) of doing a show for the moment. Grail, over to you. Yes, and I'm Grail, and it's just myself and Gnomewise today, and now it's just myself because a small child has woken up, and apparently waking up is very traumatic. I'm usually pretty happy when I wake up, but not this one. So... What I found out when I got back into town is that Gnomewise has not posted any of the content and interviews and all the other good stuff that we got from going to PAX, which is awesome because it gives me a lot to talk about then. <laughs> because I suck. Yep. So that's where I've been my last uh, week or so. Unfortunately, I came back also with a bit of a cold that so I'm trying to get over. But luckily, that did not hit until the absolute final day when we were getting up at like 4 a.m. to get on a plane that left at 6 on uh, Tuesday morning. So we got to experience all of PAX pretty relatively healthy. Uh, Daxa was probably the worst off from the Triwizard Drinking Tournament. However, it was still very functional. Uh, and that was mainly due to some free tequila shots that came in at the end of the night. The rest of us made it through relatively unscathed. Uh, however, of course, I'm the only one that got some sort of sickness out of the whole trip. Nonetheless, PAX was an incredibly great time. Uh, it was extended out to four days this year. We had uh, basically a, a really great time there. The fourth day really made the con- convention for me. It was the right amount where I got to the, about the end of the day. The exhibition hall was closing down, and I was kind of done. I felt pretty well sated in all my gaming. I was able to play both video games, card games, board games, role-playing games. I think if it was some sort of game around it, definitely got a chance to experience there. Uh, As always, definitely the best con in my mind uh, to go to. Uh, Let's see, what else has been going on while I stall so no wise can get back? I know we made our fun drive for the new computer, so hopefully our current rig will continue to make it through a few more shows here. Uh, We're just figuring out how to get the money over to uh, the folks with the new system, and once we get it over there, we will have a brand new rig and eventually incorporate video. God help us. I'll actually have to clean up a little more. Why would we want to do that? What is it? Dog Systems? Doghousesystems.com. Yeah. Who will be effectively, through their generous uh, price reduction of the the system that they're partially donating to us, are be our sponsor for the next six months or so. 
So check them out on the web at doghousesystems.com for all your stationary and mobile gaming needs, for they are awesome. Not merely for the hardware, actually more importantly for the service after the sale. And after having spent 10 years in retail, that's hitting me in my happy place. Because yeah. I was always, what would strive to do better than the other guy? Because everyone has the same damn crap. Everyone can build the same system and we can do the same kind of burn-in testing. And then the difference comes when you've got a problem after the fact. And is there someone who's going to help you and who's going to give right. a crap? And this is where Doghouse Systems differentiates themselves. Good. I hope we don't have to experience yeah. any of yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's good to know it's there. But you know, if I know gaming machines like I do, right. there's going to be a driver issue yeah. with some future release. Oh, for sure. Especially with the video card. Right, right. Where, oh, yeah, yeah, you want version, you know, 19.2.3 stroke B. Right, right. Oh, you're running stroke A. Yeah. Oh. yeah. You need to get this beta driver, but don't go always beta drivers. Right. Chances are that'll crash your system. And then you've got to roll back previous <laughs> version if you're going to play that patch right. of the game. This is why consoles exist. We are yeah. summarizing why consoles exist in this conversation. Pretty much. And not only that, but the always thing that I find about, like, video card drivers especially, like the... Steps you have to go through to remove a video card driver are unbelievable. To oh, me. the, the arc, especially if you have to do it manually if the if the automated uninstaller. Right. Fails, well, even then, like most places, the, the like, they don't, don't trust work. it. Right. Yeah, they basically. I mean, you have to run Drive Sweeper and all this other crap just to get the your only off. thing I've experienced that's worse than that is removing damaged antivirus. Oh yeah, manually or Norton just in yeah. general. <laughs> any, anything, any yeah. Symantec product, pretty much. The. Uh, yeah, the level of registry surgery and file permission surgery and crap you have to oh, do. Yeah. Just set aside your day. Yeah. And, and I might go back on my mantra and paid by the hour, paid by the right. hour, paid by the hour. And then everything's sunshine and kittens at that point. Yeah, it's never a good thing when your first thought is maybe just reformatting's faster. And, <laughs> and usually it is. Sometimes it really is the way to go, especially if it's a compromised machine where right. you, it's had malware that's had its merry way with the machine for too long. Yeah. It's like, I will never trust this machine again. And if you look on top of the aquarium there, you will see two machines in exactly that state to get wait, just waiting mm. for their brain wipes. Gotcha. Because now it's just the only way to be sure is to either switch to Mac OS or brain wipe it and start over from, from the ground up. Ugh. Right. So anyway, yes, uh, here we are. That's right, we're doing radio. Right. I remember that. Uh, there, there was a thing in a place with a guy. Yep. And joining us in Internet Relay Chat, the one and only, and thank God for that, Barry White. Save my life. Save my life. Barry is our producer and a IRC rep. If you have something to bring to our attention in IRC, please send the personal message to him and his beard, Reginald. And they, between themselves, will yeah. get it over to us. I was able to pick up uh, Barry his Pinny Arcade ah. set for PAX Prime 2013. Now, for people who are the great unwashed and don't understand. Yes. It's their new thing. Apparently, within this last year, this has become very big, where they have sets of pins right. that are of various characters. And they've also authorized, like at PAX Prime, there was 10... Uh, folks that were on the exhibition hall that they said you are authorized to have an official Pinny Arcade pin as well for your company. Got to get them all. And then it becomes a whole trading thing. You can't, once you get the pins, then you have to try to trade for other ones. So Ah, so you would go get a set of all one. Yeah. 
and then people would have to come to you to get to trade. Right, or you could just get like two of, say, the base set. Okay. So you get two of those, so you have your originals, now you have your duplicates, and now you can go and trade your duplicates, and like every staff person so, for Penny Arcade has their own pin that they were trading, and and then there's like people that have come from you know East or Australia, and they've come with their pins that were specific to there. Did you get a Robert Koo? No. I want a Robert Koo. I want a Koo pin. I want everything Koo cool. because Koo is the man. I there was a Koo pin. I know Koo had pins. Right. I don't know what pins he had because I personally did not get into this. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're smart. I went to the booth and said, give me the 2013 set. And they were like, are you sure you want one? Blah, blah, blah. I said, nope. Give... I'm only buying it for a friend. He said, this set, that's the set I'm getting. That's it. And scene. Yeah. So... Stop trying to sell me this crap. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's really big. Everybody was really into that. All the other fan or volunteer created things were still there. The cookie brigade was still in effect. Yeah, it the, sounds like they took the unofficial pin trading yeah. thing to a new level. Yeah, the button ears were still there. Right. And that's buttons, but that's different than pins, pins. And there's not like a set of those. It was more. It's just whatever people yeah. bring. We but, actually didn't do the buttons this year, though. So Because you, you wanted to have some time. Well, I mean, it, it was fun to do. We just didn't have time going up to it to actually get a design done gotcha. to, to you know, do it. Be the one that you would trade. Right, right. And plus there's the whole shipping the buttons and TSA going, what are you bringing all these sharp, sharp objects, objects on the plane you're, you're for? Gonna, you're going to jab the, yeah, the exactly. pilot in the back of the head with it. Yeah. <laughs> Security. I got a button for you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was it was still the, the same goodness as always. Uh, we did not try to do a live recording of Acquisitions, Inc., but I know others did. Oh, yes. I think they actually live streamed it as well. Yes, they, they experimented with that last year yeah. and did it much more officially this so year. So it seemed it was really good. Sans, your, your man crush, though, this year. Ah, Will, no Will Wheaton this time? Wheaton decided to uh, take off going to PAX and Gen Con. Oh. Basically, I don't know, something on his blog or said, said I a need break. a break. I need a mental health break. So uh, I, I get that. Believe me. So it was still really, really good. They had a fourth player, and I'm, I know I'm going to miss his name because, of course, I didn't bother to look at it. It was well, Patrick had... Ross Rothburn. Patrick Rothfuss. Rothfuss. That's He's it. the guy who does the It's a Fish. Yes. So yes. he was there. He was really, really good. He is. He was incredibly creepy and amusing at yeah. Woodstock 5 this year. Where he did the uh, fairy, the storybook fairy tale for grown-ups. Oh, that's right. You told us about yeah. that. Yeah, right, right. And so cool. she ate them. Yes, he, he, he I can completely see him rocking it with that I, group of people. I think the best way was that Tycho in the Q and A, which we did record for you guys, uh, the next day for the media Q and A. He said he kind of brought D&D Knights to it because <laughs> he was playing awesome. this bard and he has that low baritone voice yep. and it was just, it brought a, a new level to it. So it was really, really well done. They went, it was scheduled from 3.30 to 5.30. I think we got out of there about 6.15. And did you were you in the actual hall or did you do one of the remote viewing locations that they had at? Oh no, we we're in the hall. Awesome. Yeah. Like I always say that every year there's three benefits to media that are official benefits. Now there's often complaints that some vendors make special exceptions, which right. is what kind of drives people up a wall. Um but that's really not Penny Arcade. That's the vendor deciding to do whatever right. with, with various people. But the three benefits you get, you get on the show floor an hour early on Friday. Awesome. You get a uh, chance to have some reserved seating at Acquisitions, Inc. 
Booyah. And you get the media Q&A on Sunday, which they still did on Sunday, which made it a little weird because it's like... There's a whole other day of the we're con. Still halfway, we're only halfway through the con, right. but, and normally that's kind of the last day wrap-up for them. So it was an interesting Q&A. Um, one of the first questions I asked was, you know, do you think you're going to do Australia? It, was, it feels like it was pretty quick to turn around. They right. said there's no way in hell we're going to do it this way again because this, <laughs> it was too, it was too this fast. is just like deja vu for us. So it was a, it was an interesting Q&A about that. Um, so they're going to space them out yeah, a little more. Space it out more. It seems but, like, like Australia was just yesterday. And yet at the same time, apparently Coup is saying, I think you guys could do five of these a year. If that's and, all they do. And Tycho was like, I have no idea how. I don't, and I said, there's just no way. How could we do this? And Coup said, don't worry about it. <laughs> well, and that's where delegation comes in. If if Kuz got the team that can do it, and Gabe and Tycho don't have to do anything additional other than show up for four days, well, that part you know that would be doable. Right. Whether it destroys the rest of their organization while right. they're at it is the is the unanswered question. You know, is it going to be breaking the backs of everyone else or? having to bring so much additional staff on that it becomes no longer a money-making yeah. proposition or becomes a money-losing proposition is the, the delicate... And if it becomes no longer fun... Right. Well, I think that's kind of where they were going because I, I, every year now, as I recall, usually one of them has like a copy of an Outlook calendar or Google calendar that shows their schedule for the day, mm -hmm. and you see it's just walled. Right. And they go, this is my schedule. I almost ne I get like maybe an hour over the three or four days where I get to go see games on the exhibition hall. Otherwise, I'm running around between the main theater Doing and something. all these different things. So, and I think they're looking at that like I can't do that five times a year. <laughs> so, it was still it was still a really interesting uh, discussion there, and I think uh, they've kind of hit the sweet spot though for Prime in the fact that they've capped on how many people can attend. Right. The extra day makes it did make a huge makes difference. a huge difference. The single day passes also. Even on Sunday, they were saying that seems to have solved a lot of their issues as well. Nice. Where they had a lot of people coming up to them saying, "This is great. I could finally attend." Especially even people local that said, "I got to go on one day finally to this thing, and that's been all my, the time." It's, it's they been had. in my own damn hometown. That I couldn't yeah. go. So it seemed to it seemed to work out really really well. And again, it was just it was an incredible good time. Good times, yeah. as the man says. Yes, indeed. Uh, outside of that, nothing too much else. I know we're maybe going to try to go see the new Riddick film, which apparently has gotten slammed by the yeah. critics. Yeah. But the last one got slammed by the critics. And was a rocking good yeah, time. Yeah, I actually kind of enjoyed it, so we'll see. Uh, the impression I get is they didn't really... Uh-oh, you're saying it's offline. Oh, really? Yep. How interesting. Um, I can fix it. I can I can fix that. Yep. <sighs> At least for yeah, your, the radio bot went offline too. Oh my goodness, uh, that's interesting. That would mean that something off-site has gone offline. Very odd. Yeah. Um, but I'm still in the room. Yeah, it's because you have the power. I guess so. Um, <laughs> I don't. Know, I, I just work here. Yep. But hey, give me a moment here. We'll fix this. Sure. Post. And just remember, remind me to undo these settings sure. after the show. Sure. Not that this poor, poor old rig has that much it needs left. It needs to do for us. It doesn't just struggle through the end of this show, at least. Right. Right. Please, we would we would greatly appreciate that. Oh, great and powerful rig. 
There we go. All right. It's great when you uh, don't have an IP address conflict with another device on your network, which <laughs> where the hell that spontaneously <laughs> yeah. came from, I have no freaking out. But, hey, I just work here. Wow. Right on. I just work here. Mm-hmm. So there will be editing that will be happening in post Yes, yes. And thing, uh, via podcast version, you will have noticed, because uh, I plan to do it this way, that the content that Grail is referring to actually appears before this, uh, this episode in the feed. So... Hope you had a great time listening to it. Now we're now we're talking about it. Yeah, exactly. This how we can mess with time, right? When you're right. doing an RSS feed and and live shows. Yeah, yeah. It was somewhat entertaining. It was long, long days there. I mean, most days ended at midnight in terms of like leaving the con. Wow, <laughs> we went hardcore this year. Uh, really, I mean, that's what happens when you're literally less than ten minutes walking from the con. Yeah. And, and and you beautiful. were very low drag. I mean, it was yeah. the two of you. Three of us, actually. My friend Andre. Oh, Andre, well, I did not realize. Yep. We even threw him on the air for the wrap-up shows. Awesome. As Andre. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't want a handle, huh? He's like, what handle should I use? And we're like, well, you could just use your first name. And he's like, oh, but I don't know. I'm like, it's not like we're going to give out your last name. He goes, okay, yeah, Andre works. <laughs> this is the There internet. you go. <laughs> Ta-da. Now, someone's already figured out his home address. I'm driving sure. there now. Yes, indeed. Should never have said the word nope. Andre. Exactly. We all going to die. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so outside of that, uh, let's see. Football is back on the tube. What ball? Foot foosball. The who? What? Yep. The what? What? Yep. I mean, a couple of weekends ago, we didn't see you because you were fantasizing about football. I know, and now it's going to be the real deal. But the Vikings are getting crushed, or not crushed, but they're down by ten. Two minutes left. Not going to happen. Oh well. At least my fantasy team's doing well. <laughs> And that's what matters most, uh, kids. you got to have a silver lining, one or the other. It's really, really depressing weeks when both lose. And there will be a, kind of a double meaning to this drop-in. No! Drama. No! Yes, the again-canceled Futurama yeah. ended this week. And so that was a, a no to to mourn the passing of Futurama and the lousy uh, performance of your team in, in NFL yeah. and, and Egg today. But they uh, it was a pretty good last episode, I thought. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, you haven't seen it? Okay. This well, is this mind. is one of the downsides to, to being the cable cutter is uh, I yeah. have to go through some gyrations to get some of my shows, and there has been no freaking time to do that. Yeah. We're kind of, you know, once again, as usual, lucky to even be on the damn air. Right. So, outside of that, the big thing also I got out of PAX Prime was it kind of like was like, oh, my God, there's like a lot of games out there I enjoy playing. So I've come back now and I've actually found myself bouncing around a lot of different games instead of just basically playing League of Legends. (laughs) So you broke it. That was nice. You got to step away from long long enough. Yeah. Like, actually, I'm free of that now, man. Fired up my Xbox, which Mm -hmm. hasn't been turned on for a while for like gaming um because we kind of made the the agreement that we maybe we should actually like finish borderlands 2 at some point and that type of thoughts like the base game not even like the base no dlc no crap friend you know friend of the show ragox like yeah i feel on my steam account i see i have like 430 hours in borderlands 2 we're like yeah we haven't even played through the first like base campaign 
like once. <laughs> Oops. Whoops. We're a little behind there. And he's Did like, well, get... this DLC is good. This one kind of sucks. This one's funny. You know, it's so. good to have guidance. It's good. Yeah. I don't know if we'll get to that point on it. Did uh, you get a chance to see Reggie? I know he's a Pacific oh, yeah. Northwest kind of guy. Oh, yeah. Did he we... make it to the con? Yeah. Awesome. They were in the BYOC or Bring Your Own Computer. Mm-hmm. And they, yeah, it was good. We got to spend some time, played some War Machine. Um, actually got through a full game that time on it, which was really cool. Uh, went out to lunch and stuff with them as well. Awesome. So, yeah, it was good. They had a huge contingent there. But, uh, yeah, it was cool. So I got to see that. Um, kind of came back with, after spending time at Wargaming.net a decent amount during the floor, installed World of Warplanes on my computer. World of War. Planes <laughs> and so that's like World of Tanks meets World of Warcraft, yeah. name wise. Anyway. Well, basically, we got you know codes for beta, so right. we went in of there course. and it's like, yay, World of Warplanes, this is kind of cool. So, I mean, it was it's been fun, it's you know, for a free to play game, hey, okay. it's it works. And I and we also have beta code for World of Tanks on the Xbox, okay, which checked that out and that played pretty well, it was fun as well. Uh, which is you know, kind of brings me to a a nice segue into the fact that we have a lot of swag. That swag. We have a bag that we will put said swag into. Um, and obviously try to figure out some way to get this out to folks again. This time a little bit sooner, I think, than the last swag bag we had, which took us a couple months, I think, to get out. So this time I, I believe... Why are you looking at me? I'm just saying. It took us a while to even do the drawing, let alone actually mail it out. No, so. you be- would not believe the pain in the ass that that was to I know. get... All that mail all around the world. Yeah, yeah. Belize. This probably is uh, going to be like a one, yeah, one, one shot. <laughs> one shot every, everything. So, But it has a lot of cool stuff. We have beta codes for that. Beta code for Infinite Crisis, which is the DC MOBA. Right. Which I played a little bit of. It's definitely in beta. <laughs> they have, like The first time I logged in... I could see sort of the Green Lantern outline, and the whole screen was black. And I was kind of running around, <laughs> okay. and I was trying to do stuff. So I looked on the forums, and they're like, well, this has an issue with DirectX 11. Try just downgrading to DirectX 10. So I went in and played again, downgraded to DirectX 10, was actually able to play the game, said, oh, this was pretty cool. Let me see, check out their store. Went to their store, and the game locked and crashed. <laughs> it was like, oops. Huh. All right. I'm going to let this one marinate yeah. for a few weeks. Come back, hopefully there's some patches or even a new client download or something, and we'll see where it goes. The actual gameplay was pretty fun. I mean, it's a much more action-oriented MOBA compared to League of Legends, at least the base game for League of Legends, where you're really doing your laying control and killing the little uh, minions and stuff. This one's a lot. This the base mode on it. If for anybody that's familiar with League of Legends, is Dominion, where you're running around trying to control five access points, and as you control them, their ticker starts going down, and once their ticker gets to zero, you win. Gotcha. Uh, at least that's what I figured out. Capture so and hold. Yeah. So it's a lot of just team fighting over, over and over. There are minions, and you do kind minions. of deal with them, but it's much more of a just keep keep fighting, keep uh, pressure keep on fighting, the points. Just keep fighting. Just keep so, fighting. Just getting your own movie too. It wasn't bad. I'm, I like I'm reminded of when I got into the the, God, the Burning Crusade beta. It was actually when, when betas were actually betas, yeah. when they weren't marketing tools. Right, right. And being on Hellfire Peninsula, being attacked by a small blue bu- blue cube <laughs> and getting pwned by a small blue cube. <laughs> the graphic assets weren't in Portal the game yet. Portal Cube has come to kill me. It's And it's amazing how much you, you realize, hey, I'm 
not making the same judgment if this as if this were an intimidating looking graphic. Right. And I'm getting my ass handed to me because that's an elite bouncing blue cube. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, uh, no, no presents from Blizzard this year. Interesting. I think probably because this is a BlizzCon year. Yeah, think, they, they, they'd be marshalling their forces for so, their own their own baby. Yeah. So no, nothing from them at all at the con that I saw. And toying with. Uh, Going to Anaheim during BlizzCon uh-huh. with the Frog Pants team. Oh. Because they, ha- they have the AIE Guild, which is the mega guild that uh-huh. I work with on Earth and Ring. Okay. Um, and they have their whole own thing, yeah. which is plenty of reason to go. Sure. I'm also going to email Blizz and say, yeah, you got any media passes left? Since I'm going to be in town and all. <laughs> Not a lot of hope there, but hey, yeah. it doesn't cost nothing to ask. Never hurts to ask. So I may uh, have some, uh, at least some Frog Pants instance type uh, content to stream for you Yeah, guys. that'd be cool. Yeah. Be nice. just an excuse to get out of town is basically what I'm going for. The November, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to need to get the hell out of Dodge by November, I think. I'm you know, feeling the, uh, the stir crazy starting to set in. Yeah. Now-ish, actually. Yeah. So, any good reason to go hang out with some sweaty nerds in a, in a big hall? For sure. I'm down with that. <sighs> so, we mentioned Ragox. So, the other thing that he got me to like Uh-oh. actually start looking at again was Guild Wars 2. <laughs> so, he's like, oh, you know, it's so blah, blah, blah. It's great. So, I'm like, all right, let me log in. Logged in. I was like, oh, I got this birthday gift. What's this birthday gift do? You are now instantly level 20. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> That's a birthday gift. Huh. I have no idea how to play this game, though, because <laughs> it's been like a year, obviously, over yeah. a year since I played it. So I uh, created a new character just to kind of have the game reteach me what the hell's going on. But still, like, I, like I've said before, I think it's the pinnacle of where MMOs that kind of can MMO. be for that kind of MMO. Yeah, I've got, I mean, my PC gaming rig croaked. So I'm on the Mac, which means I'm pretty much on WoW and nothing else, mm-hmm. um, and StarCraft actually. But the um, mm. so that, I'm pretty sure they've still not released ever created a Mac version of Guild Wars. So I've got the account. I have no idea. It's basically whenever my my wife's gaming rig is available, I can sneak over. Ah, there, there you go. <laughs> which is a rare alignment of the stars. Right, uh, right. Yeah, it works. So, PAX was a wonderful thing. Yeah, I, I remain. Uh, at once, happy you were able to make it, and jealous that I could not join you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good thing. So, from that, let us draw forth a uh, call-in topic okay. for the fourth half of the show, and we'll give uh, our, our usual two-parter, uh, okay. loosely related. Um, what nerd-type convention either do you desperately wish to attend, and why? Or have you attended and have the happiest memories of and or you regularly attend because it is so awesome and why right um with a footnote there is what's the most amazingly nerdy thing you've ever seen at one of these conventions there's an option there Hmm. cosplay spontaneous dance routine eruption planned dance routine eruption whatever it may be whatever springs to mind is the the most awesomely memorable thing you came away from uh, a nerd-friendly convention with nice so lay those out there. Get those percolating in the back of your mind. Have your copies of Skype ready for the fourth half of the show. When we get there, we will call for your calls and speak unto you via the tubes. Because that's how we roll. Right. Hmm. It's good to have you back in person. Yeah. Whole I know. Seeing you across not the table thing. and infected any longer. And I'm in I town. I'm no longer contagious. Yeah. And I'm not out of town. And right. you're not out of town. Right. If you hadn't been at PAX last weekend, we would have been out of town. It would have been Skype anyway. So. 
Keeping it consistent. Keeping it uh, virtual, apparently. Right, right. <laughs> the, the, whatever the opposite of keeping it real is. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you are listening to Casually Hardcore live on alphageekradio.com with actual functioning simulcast because we're not in the secret mountain lair. Woo-hoo. So we have the upstream to withstand the way too many simulcasts I've agreed to. So you are also listening to us live on Versus the World Productions, Versus the World Radio, and Rivalcast Radio. Enjoy. You can also catch us uh, now, especially for Windows Phone mobile users. If you want to tune in to any of the live-streamed content on Alpha Geek Radio, we are now available via the TuneIn app. And TuneIn is one of the few that supports Windows Phone well. Uh, there's really a dearth of good Shoutcast support on Windows Phones. I very deliberately sought out one because we had this whole, yeah. you know, there, there's people who wanted to listen to things like the Morning Stream, which is a big mobile listening uh, mm-hmm. contingent, and Windows Phone just was not working. So tunein.com for your mobile Windows Phone listening needs, all four of you. Because market share says that's not a lot of people, but we want to cater to you. We shall return right after a little hmm, Andrew Allen trio. This is from their most recent album, The Free Play. Hey, Scott Johnson here from Frog Pants at frogpants.com, and you're listening to Alpha Geek Radio.
Geeks in a Gaming World. Casually Hardcore continues live on alphageekradio.com. Moving ever forward into Geeks in a Gaming World, our gaming discussion section of the show. As much as we never stick to a topic, but hey, yep. it's good to have a plan so that we can then ignore it. Right. But stupid plans. Damn, always telling you what to do yeah. and how to do it and stay on topic and do good radio. I do God. what I want. Yeah, because <laughs> that's the best idea. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's talk about games. Yeah. Now, you just got a face full of them because you were at Penny, Ar- Penny Arcade Expo. Oh, my God. In a happy, happy place. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we cover it in detail on the daily wrap-up shows that will be posted. And for the podcast listener, you will already, uh, already have, have been posted. Uh-huh. Um, I can tell you... Daxa, I'll give you a little spoiler. If you haven't listened to it yet, obviously our live audience hasn't. Dax's Game of the Con was The Wolf Among Us. The Wolf Among Us. Which is the new one by Telltale, the makers of The Walking Dead game. Which you loved. And they're adapting uh, Fables, which is a graphic novel of, obviously, fantastical creatures like the Big Bad Wolf, right. the Three Little Pigs, except they're in the modern world and having to hide from society, and they all are kind of screwed up in their heads. Um, and so it follows the Big Bad Wolf, who's kind of the sheriff policing these uh, uh, fable creatures. Right, these, the, the so, classic. And she said that they, she waited in a long line to get there, about an hour to get in, and had 20 minutes of playtime on it. Really, really, really enjoyed it. Uh, for the rest of us, I can tell you Titanfall looks really good. Um, very impressive game. Kind of ch- shifts your view on first-person shooters a little bit to where, like, why doesn't my first-person shooter have a gigantic mech in it that I can hop in and then punch people and explode and wall run and do all kinds of crazy stuff? So it's living lived up to a lot of the hype that uh, I had heard about it previously uh, before I got to the show. So that leads us nicely into our first topic, which is uh, about the Xbox One. Uh, and the first Xbox ad is here and does exactly what it needs to do, ignore gamers. 
this is the first ad that they produced was actually really aimed at folks that are uh, into football and specifically into fantasy football. And it showed a lot of the ways the Xbox One could integrate with their the game on the screen. They have their their football account, so it's popping up stats as they're going. It's allowing them to Skype and chat with friends and keep track of everything. It just has... I mean, you could be forgiven for not even knowing that it's a gaming system. Because they don't mention gaming. Right. So this article came to us from uh, the Penny Arcade Report. and Which like, more and more these days is a source we keep seeing popping up in the research thread. Yeah, and it's a good one. They tend to write kind of offbeat articles uh, or not the, you know, right on. Uh, uh, it's the same thing you'll find. Like if I go to Game Informer and then I go to GameSpot and I go to like IGN and stuff like that, you see pretty much the same articles. So thankfully, the uh, the Penny Arcade report kind of gives some some interesting takes on it. But that one I thought was kind of interesting, and they basically go on though to say this is what they needed to do. They they're trying to make the gamers this, already know all about yeah, it. Yeah, the gamer and most likely have made their decision whether right. they're going to get it or not. Uh, the folks that haven't. Um, uh, made up their minds or the ones that don't know they desperately know. need it. And this was actually a good ad because it really showed some stuff like, wow, that's pretty good. If you're into football or fantasy or anything well, like that, this, you I go, thought wow. They're, they're selling to the demographic that watches the league. Right. Oh, which is a great show. <laughs> I know you love it that It came show. back on this week. It was so good. But uh, I can see them saying, well, that's, that's, those people don't necessarily own gaming sure. consoles. Sure. Let's sell to them. And this goes right into their happy place. Well, and the interesting thing also to me is that really, I think, you know, I was talking about this just before, Microsoft sell to the gaming gamers should just be like, we got Titanfall. Yeah. <laughs> Suck it. I mean, that's, that's How many years have, have we been seeing Titanfall? Yeah. Well, this is relatively in the last year, well, it's like E3 time where right. it got a lot of steam behind it. And then they put out some teaser videos, and now that they've actually allowed people to play it, and everybody's like, wow, this is really, really good. And, you know, in an age where exclusive titles are going down, right. this is a big one for them to have. Uh, and it helps. And, well, the other thing that I've noticed about Xbox right now is I'm really try when I'm compiling our articles to talk about i look for things about others you know obviously the ps4 as well there's not a lot of articles about st i mean i think they've kind of said this is what it is and we're the done. launch date was the last big that's the piece big of news. thing and that's a big question i think it goes into one of the other articles we have which is the fact that the ps4 is going to launch a week earlier than right. the xbox one and is that week going to make or break the system i doubt it i don't think it is i think pre-orders have already shown. Like, like you said earlier the gamers have already decided right right and they're either getting both yeah or they're picking one or the other or they're going to sit back and wait right and they both came they're both coming so far in advance of christmas right. that if you wanted to have one or the other under your tree or for your kid or whoever under your you know under the tree for Kwanzaa for you have your chance. Hanukkah, you have a good chance to to obviously go out and buy it and then uh, uh, have it. Have one it of there. the one of the photo links on Reddit this week was simply titled "Meanwhile in China," and it was simply a picture of a pallet with a stack of folded down, ready to be popped open PS4 boxes, right? And then a shot of filled pallets of PS4s. Hmm. Ramping up production, ready to nice. start shipping on getting on the shipping containers. Yeah, I think I've read for both of them. They both said they really don't expect to have system shortages. They, neither of them seems to have run into a, a particular component. Because remember when the PS3 shipped, they ran out of the blue lasers. Mm -hmm. 
And that's kind of a Brewster block right there when yeah. the whole thing is built around Blu-ray. Yeah. And the laser for the Blu-ray player is not available, and you have a small problem. Right. Um, and the you know the fact that the advertising is ignoring gamers you know, before people go f- flipping their crap over. Oh, it's not a gaming machine anymore. No, it's a total gaming machine. It just does these other things as well. Keep in mind, every box they sell only encourages developers to make more games. Sure. Because they can look at simply look at the installed base, and they do a lot of math on the front, and the marketing and the development and the economics people look at it and say, we are likely to sell this many copies with this big of an installed base. Right. And the bigger the installed base, which got installed for whatever reason, how they ever get their toe in the door is not necessarily something they care about. It may if it... It depends. I yeah, don't that'd think be it... a far down the road kind of thing. Yeah, because I mean, these machines are only getting more powerful, and they and they it takes nothing away from the gaming side that it's also a DVR, right? And it's also a Skype box, right? Right? And it's also a fantasy football ball wet dream engine, and you know this is not making it less of a game machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that same vein, also from Penny Arcade Report. This one is of interest to me. Okay. Bad news, PC gamers. The console version of Diablo 3 is much better than the release you bought. Yeah. And I have a hard time believing that just because it <clears throat> seemed, I mean, the, the dungeon crawlers seem like a, such a mouse keyboard thing to me. It wouldn't translate well to the format. Yeah. And it's interesting. They go into detail in the article how they really have not only created a control scheme that works, a loot scheme, apparently, that works really well. Right. They, they learned from yeah. the debacle that was the original loot scheme of D3 on release. Right. Not only from a control standpoint, but also just from the fact that D3, when you played on the computer, there was loot dropping everywhere, and you spent a long time looking at your inventory going, is this better? Is that better? Should I sell? What do I have? And you had to constantly go back. So apparently in the PS3 release, they've actually toned down the amount of drops but made the drops more meaningful. So right. when you do get a piece of loot, it tends to be something you can use. You can look, and they apparently put in a very quick scheme for even on a, a situation where you have four people playing locally on one, one TV, you don't have to pause the game. People can check really quickly to see if the item is of value and equip right. it immediately. It, immediately obvious yeah i mean i've had this experience in returning to wow Mm -hmm. of bouncing back and forth between two different sets of characters recently one is a 90 character i'm gearing out right so post end game while not actually running any instances which is a bit odd and (laughs) but through pandaria okay and the pandaria loot system reflects this same kind of attitude where remember previously in wow and when I'm going back to level my rogue so I can catch up to Io so I can take her through Pandaria, sure. I'm doing Cataclysm-style loot, which is the traditional, here's four rewards, and they might or might not even be something you can use. Right, right. And we'll have some parallel quests, and between, you know, if you do all the quest lines, you'll find the loot that's intended for your class and spec. Yeah. With Pandaria, they only show you loot that is custom to whatever spec you are currently in at the moment the quest is turned in. Really? So I have my Death Knight. Uh-huh. He can be either in tank mode or in DPS mode. Right. If I have my tank spec a- aspect up, active, yeah. and I turn in the quest, I get tank loot. Plate. I only ever see plate. It is, it is paying attention 
to which, which uh, mode you're in and what class and spec you are at the moment of the turn-in. Hmm. So if you're rolling through content as a plate tank, you get plate gear with dodge and parry on it. Right, right. If you're rolling through as a DPS druid, you get you leather get, with agility on it. Yeah, yeah. And that's all you get. You get one reward. It is absolutely something you are going to use every time. Huh. That's interesting. I mean, I guess, you know, and I take it it gives you the opportunity to back out of accepting the reward and switch your spec if I've you wanted to. I've never actually tried that. Because I'm just wondering, like, like let's say you go there. They still there. have the, your reward will be, there's the pain where you can, right, you're right. going to hit accept. Right. I'm just curious if you can, because you might get there and be like, oh, my God, I just did an instance and I had to turn this quest right. in. And in that instance, I went tank mode, but I really want DPS. It never, yeah. boss loot is still... Boss loot. It's yeah. the loot table. Yeah, yeah. But quests turn in yeah. are customized. That's interesting. To, I mean, yeah. it's. I think I, it's I'm good. I'm going to play with that now that you yeah. mentioned it. I'm going to go I mean, run as long quests. as they have that option, I think that's a much better way of doing it. Because I, I've never really left DPS mode while leveling. Right, right. So I, the DPS play. It makes sense. But let's say you're getting towards the end, like you're hitting right. level and now, 90, and, and I want to build, build some tank set, set right. and you'll do it from, from some uh, quest gear. Hmm, good idea. I'll so, try that. Yeah. So they seem to have applied the same kind of, we're really only going to give you stuff you can use. And and I like that yeah. so much. Better. Well, I think they did a good job of that. And the the other big thing about it is is they removed the always online from it. They now have it. You can have four people playing on the same screen mm -hmm. in your house. You don't have to be online. You don't have a real world auction house to deal with. They've balanced the game now around the fact that that doesn't exist. And apparently, you know, as always, having four people in a room playing on one console tends to be a lot of fun. Yeah. A, be it Diablo, be it... Are you playing co-op, or can you play head-to-head? Head head? I don't know. I didn't mention anything about PvP. Everything yeah. seemed to be just talking about playing through the main campaign, so that would all be co-op. But, I mean, it harks back to, like, the PS2, like Champions of Norath, the uh, the action e EverQuest game right. that they had, which was also a four-player game, and, you know, we played that a lot. Uh, Baldur's Gate, uh, Dark Alliance, you know, those type of games. Anything that has you... Uh, being able to connect with folks in your room. You get to play it on a big screen TV. You can still hook up with folks over the internet. It really sounds like they did a good job with it. And I would then, not have predicted that. I would have predicted yeah. that it would have felt like a clumsy fit. Or it would have felt like something like, who cares? It's already been out for over right. a year on the PC. What do I need this now for PS3? And yet now it seems like everybody's going, oh my God, this is so much better on the PS3. Well, that's the same thing where you... I have not experienced this because I still haven't picked up Diablo 3, but from listening to other uh, commentators is Blizzard absolutely fixed Diablo 3. The game as it exists patched now is unrecognizable to what was launched. Really? Apparently. I'll have to play it at some point. They totally <laughs> revised the loot system, probably uh -huh. more along these lines. Um, they did come back and say they would not remove the always online requirement, though. Correct. So that's that they was deeply said, embedded. They're, they're stuck with that. Because um, I mean, hacking was such sure, a severe issue sure. with Diablo two. I'm I assume their security was built in at a molecular level mm -hmm. from you know the the concept document forward. It says we're not going to have the hack fest this time yeah. we had last time because it really took a lot of the fun yeah. out of it for our players. So. That could be cool. It's I'll... easier for me to forgive Always Online for something like Diablo when you saw the cesspit that yeah. Diablo 2 became when right, it right. got hacked. Eh, it might be worth ch taking a look at because I, I might even not. I don't even know if I have it installed any longer. Remember but... to reinstall, patch it, and see if it's yeah. a different gaming experience. Because yeah. I, I, mean, I, I had a barbarian that got up to 
think hell level difficulty. So, and yeah, if they've changed it or, or made some vast improvements to it, I definitely would check it out again. Um, one of the things that I always had a little bit more of an issue with it though, especially compared to D2 and like a lot of folks was just that the sameness of the characters. Yes. So I wonder if they addressed that at all as well. I hope they did. Diversified, made the play, yeah. made the play style feel just at all a different. a little different or that like if I run into another barbarian online, we're not going to have the exact same stuff. <laughs> so I don't know. But that's cool. So yeah, and not only that, for this article specifically for Diablo 3 being on the PS3, I can't... It's on Xbox also. Okay, on Xbox also. I can't think of a, a single game that I that was ported from the computer to a console that was better than the computer version. Yeah. So in this, his, I don't, just from that standpoint in particular, this could be a first. Yeah. The only thing that sort of comes to mind is maybe like Dragon Age 2. And that one was really developed with con- it was it wasn't they really ported. They were co-developed at the same time. And really, and the console was better. Blizzard, you know, has made no secret of the fact that this was in development side right, by side. Right. It just they didn't rush to release it. I've heard The Witcher two on consoles was really good as well, but they they kind of incorporated the changes they made on the PC into Back it, into. and so it came out really well on the PC. Kind of and got it seems to that, level. that they they seem to have learned at least from the balancing of gear. They learned from their mistakes. Yeah, PC version and and polished it up a great deal for the console release. Right. So good on you, Blizzard. Yeah, Learn, not, not bad. Learn and make better. Adopt, adapt, and improve. So let's see what else we got here. Um, Atari founder says <laughs> Nintendo could be on a path to irrelevance. Irre- uh, could be? Because Atari <laughs> is so relevant? Yeah, well, if anybody knows about irrelevance, this is true. it's Atari. Uh, this is from Game Informer. And it quotes him, uh, the the founder for Atari, basically going over the fact that Nintendo's Wii U has not done well and is probably about to get crushed by the PS4 Xbox One launch. And I, I would go along as a Wii U owner. I would right. go along with that assessment. And this is from uh, Nolan Bushnell. Oh yes. Their mobile space has been invaded by smartphones and iOS devices and tablets to where the gaming-only device of the the DS is no longer as big of a deal. So where do they go then? They've really focused, as always, on the younger market, but the younger market's starting to get iPad or iPads, right. iPod Touches, iPad Android Mini, tablets. tablets. I mean, really, the Android, Surface, the, the, the non-iOS mean, tablets are starting to come into their own quality-wise, acceptance-wise, yeah. and most importantly, app-wise. So, yeah, that becomes a moment of, hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, where's... And their big thing now is they're making a tablet-esque DS that's like the 2DS, the, they yes, call it. Yes, it's, it's basically a 3DS with no 3D. Right. That doesn't fold. That doesn't fold. It's meant for younger kids. Right. So they can't destroy the hinges on it. Right. So I guess I get it. And it's cheap. You know, it's inexpensive, more durable. And, le- and one of the reasons it's less expensive is there's no depth of field right. slider on it. Because right. it's not 3D. And it plays the entire 3DS and DS line of games. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. They're just looking for here's the cheap one. For people who want to give one to a kid, right? I really, I shudder to think what Nemesis has done to the DSi that he. Oh, I'm sure he he, he is not gentle with it. Right, right. And ever since my loving wife left my DS on a plane years ago and never bought me a new one, but I'm not <laughs> bitter about it. Um, I just cringe when I see. Yeah, I think... But to their credit, he's never managed to break it. 
So that's Nintendo good. understands who their market is, but this is an even more durable, brick-like, it's durable. Like, it's like the old um, ThinkPad or not the old Game Boy. I mean, it's just it's, oh it's yeah, just yeah, a, a piece of plastic just with two screens in this case, and it's got the analog sticks. Yep. Um, it's just a matter of okay, wait, I understand what it is. It doesn't tell me why it is. Right? I mean, why was there a need for this other than great? Okay, a cheaper. 3DS, basically. I think they're basically saying this is our market space. We have to we're make sure to we own more. it. Right. And we own every corner of it. We don't have we don't have good inroads in the other spaces. And really, when folks start getting a look at the new next gens from Sony and Microsoft, it's just the Wii U is way down on the list in terms of horsepower, in terms of game variety, all the and features for you know making your TV smart. It's the, the Wii U is this weird mixed bag for me because it does have some things about it that I go, yeah. oh, mm, that's good. The gameplay shift from TV to the Wii U gamepad, awesome. Right. The moving things like Hulu Plus and Nintendo from the big screen to the little screen so someone else can use the big screen for something else. Yeah. Awesome. Right. Totally dropped the ball on TiVo integration. Still hasn't right. emerged. May never emerge. Has no native DVR, and the TV, you know, TV, I, I, <laughs> yeah, cute, uh, was underwhelming and half baked when it was finally released. Um, so I think, especially when they start working out their second screen, so when the Xbox One starts truly integrating with the Surface tablet. Oh, there's smart, smart glass. Smart, smart glass in yeah. the case of Microsoft and whatever Sony eventually. And Sony's got the tiny screen embedded in right. their, all their regular controllers. Right, so right. It's not a matter of the special controller like with the Wii U. Every Sony controller has a small mm -hmm. LED screen on it. Uh, what they decide to do with that, I mean, that's not so much for media consumption like no, the full tablet no, is. It's... But I'm wondering if there will be, um, I forget what Sony's line of phones is, but they had that, the, the PSP oh, compatible yeah. Line of phones, right, right. Um, I'm assuming there'll be some kind of tablet variant of that that will be PSP compatible. Mm -hmm. So it'll have that whole PSP Go catalog of games available for it out of the gate, plus whatever extra layer of integration pairing it with your PS4 gives you. Right. That could be awesome because that's what they have that Microsoft does not have is an existing game library they can say here's a gaming tablet yeah that's also a tablet tablet that's also an awesome accessory for your ps4 right it's not just okay i'm buying this tablet with the hope that somebody develops something cool for it or it's got one good launch title and i'm hoping it's hard to talk yourself into that yeah, it's like for sure but if you can say wow i can already play 132 psp games mm-hmm so even if the stuff that comes out with the PS4 sucks, it's still a great tablet. It still plays all the PSP games. And even if there's only three cool things it does with the PS4, I'm going to buy it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of watching that one saying, what are, what are they going to come up it's with? It's interesting. That's I, a piece they haven't been really loud about. I think, yeah, it's, it's one of those, we'll see how it plays out. Because Sony may have made a brilliant move by bringing the Vita along and having it developed, um, as the Black Void says, with the PS4 in mind. However, Microsoft's 
strategy from what we can tell was to say we're not going to invade the mobile space we or like mobile gaming or anything we like that we want the living room we are going to make a surface tablet right and apparently that has some interesting stuff on it but really we're going to make apps that go on any tablet and you can then use that tablet with our system so we'll see which strategy really works out best Coinston the IRC points out and I was saying PSP and really PSD, PS Vita yeah. is the right. modern modern iteration of that right right and the the Vita was developed, co-developed with mm-hmm. the PS4, very much in mind. Yeah. And so, if you are a Vita owner, there's already tons of integration that exists for the PS3. Right. Right. And it's even sexier with the PS4. Yeah. So it, that and that effectively is a small yeah it's gaming just, tablet. But again, it's interesting to see because like for folks that may not go well, I don't know if I want to buy another handheld device that's just a gaming device. Now, granted, it'll give me some extra stuff with the uh, PS4. But I already have an iPad, right. and I have this app that's called Microsoft Surface, and boom, I'm I'm ready to go. Yeah. So it's you know we'll see which strategy works out better. Right. I'm not sure because well, like may, you said, they the may Vita, all do all of them. They the may. Vita has a lot going for it. There may be a PS4 app for the iOS and the Android. Sure. And then say, we might see and then that the as Vita well. does these other things for you that are awesome. Yeah. I hope they do all of it, and I hope they're all incredible and turn them into must-have devices because. I'm a big technology nerd, and I like fun toys right. that do neat and interesting and useful things. Well, I can tell you my favorite line from the uh, the Q&A with Mike and Jerry or Gabe and Tycho was somebody asked, like, you guys, uh, Xbox One or PS4? And Mike said, I'm an adult. I don't have to choose. I'm just right. going to get them both. <laughs> it's like, yeah. There's no, you know, you don't have to be in a camp of one or the other. Yeah, and Tycho was more like, well, you know, I pre-ordered the, X, the PS4 first because everything I really liked. But since then, the Xbox has changed a lot of the things I didn't like about it, and now I'm gonna pre- I pre-ordered that as well. So, you know, and obviously most folks will probably have to choose one or the other to start with. For budgetary reasons. And budgetary. I mean, these are not cheap by no. any means. And obviously, I think if anything is still going to cause the one issues is the $100 extra you have to pay for it. Right. So it's it's one of those things where you probably have to choose one, but that's, nothing stops you down the road a year later when they've come out with the new version and now it's cheaper and you can get, pick up the other one and check them out. When I mean, you look at the life cycle of the Xbox 360, the, the progressively more technologically advanced and cheaper iterations that came out. Right. Uh, and you waited over time, you know, eventually you got onboard HDMI and you yeah. got uh, you know, solid built in wireless right. and uh, yeah, the, the integrated and hard drives getting and cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. Yeah. And that same thing happened with the PS3. That's how I ended up with a PS3 in my household. It was a Thanksgiving, you know, Black Friday yep. sale that was super cheap and it had two games included. And we're like, all right, yeah, this, you know, my son said I've saved up 200 bucks. Let's get it. Okay. Done. Done. And so that's how PS3. I, yeah. That's how I checked out stuff on the PS3. So either way, I think everybody's in for a good end of November. Yeah. I think everybody's going to be gonna happy. There's going to be some interesting fun stuff right, going on. Right, right. Uh, Real quick, as I did like Barry VA saying there's two Pokemon games on the horizon. There are always two, two Pokemon, Pokemon games, games on, on the, the horizon, horizon for Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's X and Y. I know. They're not colors yeah. this time. Yeah. Mind blown. <laughs> Pretty soon it's going to be like Ankh symbol. That's right. <laughs> like Prince. Prince. Yeah. <laughs> the, artist, the game formerly known, known as Pokemon. Pokemon. And uh, the other game also right. formerly known as Pokemon because we have to release them in pairs. Yeah. Other, other. That's right. <laughs> oh, my God. Just 
shoot me. And you know they're going to do it. Yeah, might as well. I mean, basically. It works. It's like Madden. You just throw a Pokemon game out there and you get millions of sales. And that's everything that's wrong with our society. And <laughs> on that bombshell, it's time to end this segment anyway. You are listening to Casually Hardcore Live on alphageekradio.com. Visit us on the web. Our newly relocated forums are up and functioning. If you had a pre-existing account, it's still there. Passwords unchanged. Just need to sign back in one time. That's where you'll find our all-volunteer research team. They hang out there and they create our research thread, which contains all the stuff we discuss in our next segment and all the stuff we didn't have time to get to. It's a great place to peruse just for interesting, fun stuff uh, that's been harvested from the interwebs on your behalf. And we love and thank our all-volunteer research team. Check them out in, by going to alphageekradio.com, clicking on Community, and you'll see the list of, short list of forums there. And then the research thread is the right underneath. And don't, don't die, Grail. This is the man with the cold. The uh, child board of Casually Hardcore is the all-volunteer research team. Got some Paul and Storm. I was in the mood for some boxing nuns, so here he comes. We'll be back right after this. Title and background music for this production provided courtesy of Sean Beeson, composer for media. Find him on the web at www.seanbeeson.com. That's S-E-A-N-B-E-E-S-O-N.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we present our title bout for the evening. In this corner, weighing in at 114 pounds, by way of the Sisters of Our Lady of the Immaculate Right Cross, with a record of 23 and 1, with 15 knockouts, 3 TKOs, 2 decisions, 3 conversions, and 1 exorcism. The High Priestess of Penance, the Pounding Penguin, the Assassin of the Passion, the Stinging Nun, and the Roman Catholic Wrecking Ball. From Dublin, Ireland, Sister Mary Catherine, the Habit Breaker in Violata. And in this corner, weighing in at an even 82 pounds, by way of the Order of St. Adelaide of Perpetual Confrontation. With a record of 66 and 6, with one disqualification for using a ruler. The Vatican Vixen, the Pontiff's Pitbull, the original sinner, the homicidal bride of Christ, the assaulter from the altar, the undertaker, and the mother superior of kicking posterior. From Mexico City, Sister Maria Teresa Garcia Graciela Aguilera Delgado Francisco Diego Arroyo Inigo Montoya Zapata Paquito El Guapo Abuelita De La Boom Boom Mendoza In nome de 
Patris et Fili et Spiritus Sancti. Now let's get ready to rumble. Researched Chaos. Casually Hardcore continues live on AlphaGeekRadio.com. Research Chaos is where we let loose the dogs of research. The previously mentioned all-volunteer research team, our contributions come this week from the research thread entitled Smartwatch Edition. And our lone contributor this week, because I screwed with their lives and yeah. moved the forums, MacBit, not to be confused with MacButt. And no contributions Bang. from Boba Fetish. That's but I will correct. find an excuse to say the name Boba Fetish every week. Mm-hmm. That's simply how I roll. And they lead with one of the happy things I like to see, which is companies doing it right. Not simply trying to milk more money from you and screw you at every turn, but giving us products we want at a fair price and laughing all the way to the bank. So this is from gizmodo.com. Amazon's giving you discounted digital copies of physical books you already own. Finally fulfilling one of customers' most requested features, Amazon has just announced Kindle Matchbooks. Should be Matchbook. <laughs> Very cute. Right. A feature that lets customers buy digital editions of Amazon-purchased print books for as little as, well, nothing. So if you've are on record in Amazon's database of having purchased a paper copy of a book for which there is now a digital edition. In many cases, they will simply give you the Kindle edition for free because they already got your money for the print edition. Right. The way God intended. Yeah. I agree. I mean, it's one of those things where I've, I still struggle sometimes where I'm buying a book to go, well, which version do I want? Do I want it on the Kindle because it's very easy? I can have it right now and it's portable, but, or do I really want the physical book? Because sometimes in this case, it's cheaper than the Kindle, or it's like hardly any difference in price. And I might as well have the physical book because I do like having the book. Now you can have your cake. And yeah, you made it too. a lot easier. One of the things I think they mentioned in the article is that they're they're going back to 1995 on your purchase. Damn. So anything you've bought since 1995, you can now go and take a look and see uh, if you have a free version of the Kindle or a free uh, Kindle version, or if you have to pay uh, uh, some money for it. If you so choose, which would be super helpful for me because I have a lot of books kind of piled on top of each other. And if it gave me the option to get some of those on the Kindle, I might get rid of the physical book. In other cases, it would just be nice to have almost like a backup copy of it at this point. See, and this is, fits in another area where uh, I think it's a feature you uh, illuminated for me, which was, it's, and it's forever switched my video purchasing to the uh, Amazon streaming store oh yeah the purchasing Mm -hmm. the physical copy and immediately the electronic copy is available for download and stream right right and all good god was in his heaven and good gumbo was in the pot and everything was right with the universe at that moment because that's how it should be yeah i will give you money for the super duper blu-ray edition 
and then sit down and begin streaming the HD version off of your service because you have my money. Right. Perfect. Who else does that? Nobody Nobody else that I'm aware of. Nobody has that that both the very robust shipping and, and physical inventory and a very robust streaming service. But they're not milking it. They're not saying, no. well, pay us again for the ability right, to right. stream that now. Right. You know electrons cost money. Or they could kids. have just thrown it as an extra charge. Right. Say, like you know, an add-on Just give us four ninety nine extra, yeah. and instead of the fourteen ninety nine we were charging for the HD edition, no, just pay us the regular rate for the Blu-ray right. special edition. And one of the things that you weren't here for last week, which was the dick move that mm-hmm. some of the... Uh, movie studios are taking now which is oh we're not going to give you bonus materials with your dvds anymore that's going to be pay extra dlc really commentary track you want featurette Uh. we'll let you download that for an additional fee we're going to remove it from the dvds and i said you've just made me a forever streaming customer yeah goodbye there's no reason for me to buy the physical copy anymore the reason i was buying dvds and blu-rays was for for that yeah and now you're going to charge me extra for it and not lower the price of the base movie? Screw you. No way. No way. That's, yeah, that's, 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 that's a where, terrible idea. That's what they're doing starting with this, gen, this next generation of uh, wow. releases. It's, it's, they're going to try and make it the new norm. I don't think that's going to go over well. Like I'll, said, just, I'll, I'll just stream and never... Why would I... What would I possibly want a physical copy for anymore? Yeah. And I think they've already shown... Um, too many times, even getting the physical copy that has the extras, bonus scenes or whatever on there, and you like watch the bonus scenes, you go, I see why those were taken out. Those were terrible. Yeah. So I found myself more and more not interested in owning a physical copy of something, especially if it's available for streaming. Yeah, because well, there's nothing compelling. Right. It's, it's, we were talking about how a lot of at least large budget movies – Make their bonus content along with the movie. With you know, it's not just scavenged crap like with older older DVDs where they're really having a scrounge to have anything extra. The old sure. film reels, film tests, crap. <laughs> and loud children. Yes. And versus today when they know they got a DVD and Blu-ray release coming, and you know Peter Jackson right. being the extreme version of yeah. that who. You know, film 17 featurettes and right. two different cuts of the movie all at the same time. Yeah, he's different just for the fact that I know now not to buy his stuff when it first comes out. Because you, you know that the super deluxe version yeah. and the hyper and the ultra and yeah. the mega. Like, I have not touched buying The Hobbit yet because I know at the end of the three movies, there's mm-hmm. going to be the super deluxe boxed Blu-ray set that's going to have comes, everything you comes could Comes possibly... in an animated box the shape of Smaug. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it'll be incredible. So I'm holding off for now. I'll just, I caught it, you know, I've seen it a couple times because they were streaming it when we were on vacation or they just had it on their, their local TV. So watch it there. Um, obviously it'll eventually get to like HBO and I'll watch it there and I'll just keep holding off. Got it in the Amazon streaming library. Oh, there you go. However, that's when we realized that we had divergent, uh, Amazon accounts. At some point, my wife had accidentally established a separate one Oh. and Amazon does not let you combine accounts period. And yeah, I don't think any of them do. I, I doubt iTunes would. So, no. um, so we've got a couple of movies 
sitting over on one Amazon account. Uh, so one Roku box logs into that one, the PS3, and the other Roku box logs into the other one, and it's all kind of... So whenever I want to watch The Hobbit, right. i got to go over to this other account <laughs> I was accidentally purchased on. That's awesome. Yeah, it was dumb. <laughs> the, 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 and I understand the mechanics of not wanting to blend. And then you open yourself up with people saying, well, we're getting divorced. We want to separate these things. Like, well, you don't want to get into your middle of your divorce. No. Yeah. If you made an account and bought something, that's your problem. That's the account. Leave us that's out of it. Right, right, right. I get it. This is pain in my ass, so therefore, I should be taken care of, damn it, because mm-hmm. I am talking. Uh, yes, Coins, in the IRC, the special edition for the first Hobbit movie does come out in December, but that's only the first special edition right. of the first movie. Yeah. Grail's talking about uh-huh. the, and, and if you look at the life cycle of the Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. there were four distinct versions yep. of the, the collections. Yep. And because the, there was the normal, there's the initial release of the theatrical version right. with some, some DVD extra stuff. Yep. Then there was the extended cut with some more featurettes. Right. Then came the Super HD Blu-ray extended and um, theatrical cut combo meal. Right. And then there was an excuse for the the final one. Yeah. I don't know what extra stuff you get, like you know, the statuette and all that, and all the right, crazy right. things. So I ended up buying those movies three times. Yeah, it's or like actually some, not buying them, but like I Wars. own three different versions because I had the initial when they first came out. I was just like, oh yeah, I definitely want to watch those. that, so I'll buy that. And then I ended up getting the box DVD sets that were in the like nice different colored boxes, mm-hmm. had a lot of the discs in it, and then. I watched it on Blu-ray and was like, oh, wow, that makes a big difference. So I ended up getting the Blu-ray set of them. And over time, I mean, I've been able to, you know, say, here, have your own set of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, we had a weird weird life cycle with them because we had the special. We waited for the special extended edition. Yeah. And several of them got just scratched to hell. So we now re-own them via streaming in a couple of cases. The Return of the King in particular got annihilated. Right. And was just skip-tastically... So one big plus to the streaming library is that your kids can't destroy them. Right. Uh, but again, you have the sword of Damocles over your head. Don't ever piss Amazon off because yes. they'll take it away. And there's plenty of people that ha- that has happened to. So treat your retailer nicely. Yeah. And remember, you're never watching the movie alone. The NSA is watching it with you. So choose wisely. No doubt. Because they'd like to be entertained as well. Mm. Send them popcorn. They love that. <laughs> All right, moving along. All right. Uh, let's see. We have DC forbades or forbids uh, Batwoman's gay marriage. Creative team leaves. <laughs> really? Yeah. This is an interesting story where basically they had been setting up. I'm taking, I haven't followed the comic I'm itself. Not a big DC but I'm fan. guessing this is New 52 material where Bat, uh, Batwoman is a police officer who has a partner and. Their partners, right? Capital quote B. unquote, and and eventually, she's actually proposed in the comics to her two times, apparently, mm-hmm. and DC not only refused to let the wedding be depicted on panel, but refused to let them be married at all. Uh, from the, the the creators, we were told emphatically, no marriage can result said Williams on Twitter. He later added that it was never put to us as being anti-gay marriage, although how refusing to let people marry even fictional characters is not anti-gay marriage is beyond me. Right. (laughs) So, and then it goes on to uh, 
uh, response from the creators. Let's see. Here's a list from Williams and Blackman's official statement uh, detailing the editorial interference. Unfortunately, in recent recent months, DC has asked us to alter or completely discard many long-standing storylines in ways that we feel compromise the character in the series. We were told to ditch plans for Killer Croc's origins, forced to drastically alter the original ending of our current arc, which would have defined Batwoman's heroic future in bold new ways, and most crushingly prohibited us from ever showing uh, Kate and Maggie actually getting married at all. All of these editorial decisions come at the last minute and as always, and always after a year or more of planning and plotting on our own end. Whew. Sheesh. We are always understood that as much as we love the character Batwoman, ultimately it belongs to DC. However, the 11th hour nature of these changes left us frustrated and angry because they prevented us from telling the best stories we can. So after a lot of soul searching, we have decided to leave the book after issue 26. Stand your ground, guys. Yeah, I mean, I think it's good on them for doing that. Even if there was, even if there wasn't a gay marriage component to this, if they were, if they were just dicking yeah. with your job, yeah, at that it's, level, it's not even just that. It's like all over the place. It seems, at least, right. you know, from from their statement. That's now, just no way to exist as a writer. Yeah, how, how can you tell a coherent story? Right, if you have people going, no, that's not a, a way. You need to change go. that, right? And especially if it's coming last minute, where yeah. if you're saying you're planning like creating outlines, and I'm sure you're, I, I'm assuming they're sharing this with folks, saying this is the plan, and I'm going okay, and then getting to the end and going, no, you got to change that. It's like no, we, we've what? been heading this way. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm reminded of, and if you ever want a good insight into why television sometimes gets as screwed up as it does. Go to like season three and four of Battlestar Galactica from Sci-Fi Channel, and download Ronald Moore's podcasts that go along with them. Mm-hmm. And it gives great insight into what's happening in the writers' room that led to what actually made it to screen and yeah. how effed up that can be. Right, right. And there was a whole season that was heading for one conclusion, and they had broadcast three episodes and had four more in various stages of production when they realized. This ain't working. Right, right. And we're going to completely change where we're taking this entire season. And we've already begun laying the groundwork. And it's already been broadcast. And it's out there. And how they had to just punt and redirect everything. And you see it through that lens. Mm -hmm. And you realize, wow, yeah, that was really screwed things up. And you wouldn't necessarily have seen it. You would have felt like, wow, this is really incoherent storytelling. Right. And seeing... The sausage being made in this case of why that happens, like oh, now I see why that yeah that went nowhere and this came from nowhere, right? Because right. they needed to get this other and different place, and that's what's happening to these these guys. We're we're trundling on, we're heading for this place, and we're two steps out of town. It's like no, you're going to a different zip code and make it work in yeah. one issue. Right, like, right. I hate you, and yeah. I may kill you. Right. It's it's not good on. The plus side, though, I would have to say is it's interesting to me that we have this story coming out that there's an outrage and a a standing up the fact that they won't let these two characters marry, which I would argue, say, five years ago, you would have it, it would be the flip. If they were going to marry them, you'd have outrage and you'd have that. So, it, you know, at least as a society, it seems like we're progressing somewhat on some of these issues, which is good to hear. But obviously, DC is still somebody in charge at DC is doesn't doesn't way back when, or yeah. they just don't want to be part of the discussion or part of the controversy. Yeah. 
and they think just by so they may not be anti they they are anti wanting to be cited as a as a pro or an anti right so we don't want this on our page at all at all yeah we don't want to be part of the discussion uh, a little late guys right you right. should have been paying attention to what you were publishing before now because you had the established gay characters and now you're some now you're yeah. getting shy just because they want to get married right the time for that discussion was much earlier in the process <sighs> oh well interesting oh, oh it's a funny old life so another one from gizmodo and this one interests me and this is this is comic book land kind of again because dick tracy uh galaxy gear everything you need to know about samsung's smart watch and we've touched on this idea several times when we've been riffing on technology and there have been various attempts down there's an open source version of this that's linux based and android based the idea of the second screen but for your smartphone mm -hmm. and have it be wearable instead of your watch there's been versions of this where the ipod touch can be socketed into a wristwatch. Yeah, and the nanos. Oh, the thing. nano, rather. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, so, but this is a different approach to it. So, uh, Galaxy Gear, cute, uh, sticks with their Galaxy naming convention, is a lot like a pared-down smartphone you wear on your wrist. Makes sense. On the home screen, you'll see the time and shortcuts to access essential apps like the camera and your contacts. Swipe to navigate back and forth between different features. From the watch, you can make and receive calls, send texts, and post status updates to Facebook and Twitter. There are other apps, too, that are specifically designed for the 1.63-inch display, which I think is going to be one of its major challenges. What surprises me about this is they have attempted to make this a standalone device. And I always thought that the future for this kind of thing was always going to be just as a front end for the more powerful and feature-rich smartphone. So... They are instead saying, no, we will let this be your phone. I'm assuming you don't hold it up to your ear, but you have your Bluetooth yeah, headset Yeah, it would in. be paired. Um, I think the challenge with this is it's so tiny. Right. Battery life's got to be an issue. Well, now, driving the small screen size takes down battery requirements greatly. Sure. So it's six one half dozen of another, possibly. Um, but the they make the point in the article of saying one of the most fundamental parts with the Galaxy Gear will be performance how accurate is the touchscreen is it fluid is it fast much sure. of the interface seems to be controlled by swiping rather than tapping we're not sure how smooth that will be we'll let you know shortly once they have a hands-on so they have announced this but really nobody's have a chance to play with it yeah it says battery 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 life <laughs> battery 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 life is claimed at a day of use but we're also skeptical can't talk today so anyways Battery life is a day use, but probably not. <laughs> it's basically what it comes out to. Because most people make claims about battery life, and it ends up being way less with in normal life, use. Right. Uh, their normal use is probably it's on your arm showing time, and you might get a call. Yeah. So we'll see what it comes out to be. But look into the future when video gets integrated in these things, and we're doing the Dick Tracy thing. But do we need that? I'm not sure. Cause yeah. This one feels like something, if it were executed correctly, that I would use. But I would want it to be a front end for my Nexus. Um, I'm just not because, I don't know. It'd be interesting. What, I would really have to think about what kind of stuff could I realistically use it for. You know, for looking up a contact and initiating a call, that's pretty. But, I mean, is it that much different than taking the phone out of your pocket or your holster cooler. or whatever and just 
hitting it? I don't know. It's way cooler, though. I don't know. It's, it's cool. I, know. I, just, but... I have a hard time articulating why I feel like this is something that could happen. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I'm trying to, yeah. I mean, again, you look at it and you go, what what void in my life is that going to fit? But I said that about tablets. And See, I was tablets, wrong there. I understood because it gave me something... I had been I had been ruined by Microsoft's attempts at tablets right. over the years. I'm like, this is never even Apple's anyway. initial. Uh, well, the original iPad was well, not Apple, not the iPad, but the uh, oh, the, the, the Newton. Newton, yeah, Newton was awesome. It just yeah. well, it wasn't a tablet. It was, right, it, it was, was a, a pre smartphone, right, smartphone right. basically, right. with no phone. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it's, I'm it's, not sure about this. I am of two minds of it as well. I, I would like to see it succeed. Yeah. They're going to have to do some sort of marketing campaign where they show me a commercial or show me something that says, oh, that looks nice. Uh, the fact that he can use his watch. and It needs a killer app. Yeah, or it, it needs, needs a laser. One of the two. Laser. <laughs> laser, like James Bond laser from mm-hmm. it. That would be okay. James Bond laser, Dick Tracy video phone. Right, right. And uh, Babylon 5 communicator. Yeah. A link. Yeah, it's just like we already have that. It's called my phone. <laughs> my, I mean, you don't wear it on your wrist. Uh, I could, I could, I could strap it on there, tape it, duct, so duct tape it. You, you're saying on the air live that you want to wear a strap on, huh? Uh, on my wrist. How creative! <laughs> I know. Imagine what you could do with that. Oh yeah, especially with the video Snickety camera. Shit. But anyway, <laughs> oh god, oh, like god. Wolverine. No, no. You made me picture that. I yeah. hate you forever. Ah, moving on <clears throat> before my brain requires any greater amounts of bleach. Hey, um, and Barry Beers reminded me, hey, you haven't fired up Skype yet. It's like, well, it's because we're not in the Skype segment yet. Okay. Dang. Somebody's, imp- someone has opinions. Mm-hmm. Do you think you think, I think he may have opinions this week because maybe, maybe, I don't know. Our, our Barry he doesn't really, he's usually so. Shy and retiring. Yeah. Has very little to say about anything and no reactions at all. That's to, right. Uh, now, on the same, at the same period of time, because the reason that I'm thinking this is a thing is Samsung's not the only one of, of the big players. Uh, Qualcomm has a smartwatch too, and it's the anti yeah. Galaxy Gear. <laughs> is it the, like, it's anti to something that's not out yet. That's right. awesome. No, I'm saying it's, it's the flip side of it. Instead of trying to be. A full-powered device. They've gone the other way, which is the trim front end. Um, so, the Qualcomm Talk, T O T O Q. It's supposed to be a play on TikTok. I don't know. Right. Right. Um, so it's a one and a half inch display, so it's a little bit smaller. Low-powered Mirasol panel tech, initially uh, designed for color e-readers, so it's uh, deliberately low performing but low power requirement. Mm-hmm. Talk has a battery life that Qualcomm claims is around two days. Not forever, but not bad for something with a full-color touchscreen display. Even more, impressive, even more impressive, the Talk pulls this off while being an always-on device. Uh, it does not have an off button. So as long as the Talk actually lives up to these high standards, it far exceeds the minimum requirements of any good device. One long, busy day, and that's all you really need, right? Uh, so same yeah. kind of idea. Bluetooth connectivity for right. either music delivery or telephone delivery. Um, it is... It pairs to an Android phone. Right. And that's the thing where this is, this is the other approach where it's just a front end 
and the heavy lifting is done by your Android phone. Mm -hmm. um, I think app developers could have fun with this, and but I'm, I'm also struggling to come up with what they could possibly design that would make me other than you know stick a camera in there and I can do the the little tiny you know Skype session. But yeah, great. But I'm gonna get really tired of holding my wrist yeah. up in front of my face like this real quick. Yeah, I especially guess while driving. You know, it's just. You know, if they didn't have Google Glass, I'd be more interested in this. But to me, that's You've seen the future where already. things should be going because it's just there. There is no having to hold your hand up or pair it with the vitamin. It's just there. It's on your head. Like until, uh, you know, that seems to be the next logical step. And then after that, we implant a chip in your brain and you'll just get it all that way. The, the, the future, people who think about future technology have always propose this idea of wearable computing mm -hmm. in the personal area network. So we'll see if this is yeah. perhaps... And the, maybe, it, maybe that's something it integrates better with, is with if you have Google Glass, that integration with a smart... Mm -hmm. I don't know. It feels like from a shadow run, we're just heading towards the pocket sac secretary and... Yeah. It's well, you know, always, always wired. It's... It's interesting, but yeah, watches. I don't. I. I think also. I just don't wear watches, so I yeah. think I'm. In the close-up, kind of wearing biased. watches than the activity yeah, band. I'm just, and that's something they could certainly in, integrate into this. This right. could become an all-in-one device of. Yes, it's also your pedometer and your mm -hmm. sleep monitoring device and your vibrating alarm clock, which were all neat features of this thing. Sure. Um, with the addition of being a front end for your phone and, right. and easy, easy contact management and dialing and yeah, if you, I don't know. We'll, I agree. We'll see. Yeah. It, it looks like it could be cool, but somebody's going to have to make us make the killer app and make the sale. Yeah, yeah. All righty, which pretty handily brings us to the end of the research cast. Now we're moving forward into Nerds with Opinions. When we return, we want to hear from you guys. Now to remind you about the stated call-in topic, though you're always free to call in and say what's on your mind, <laughs> like you know, Barry always does anyway, though it's usually Reginald driving. The convention that you either have not been able to attend but most want to and why or the most memorable con you have attended or regularly attend and why and then what was the footnote on this one? Oh yeah the wackiest nerdiest craziest most memorable thing you may have seen while attending a, uh, a geek friendly convention of your choosing we shall return right after a little bit of mini bosses this is their rock take on Ninja Gaiden We'll return right after this. Scott Johnson here from Frog Pants Studios, and you're listening to Alpha Geek Radio.
I'm a nerd, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. Nerds with opinions. Casually Hardcore continues live on alphageekradio.com. In our final half of the show, Nerds with Opinions. That's all of you guys via the miracle of Skype. The account to contact via Skype is GnomeWise. That's G-N-O-M-E-W-I-S-E. Don't need to friend me. You can just place the call and we will accept it. Uh, like we did during the break, we have uh, a nerd on the line right now. Who's calling? This is True. Hey, True. How are you doing? Pretty good. And what are your opinions on uh, any of the variety of uh, topics we threw out there? Well, uh, I've done the convention thing many times. I've done BlizzCon more like four years, and I did uh, E for All, if you remember that, and I did E3 a couple of times before they actually smartened up and kept all the gamers out. <laughs> Bastards. But, you know, but uh, I mean, it's fun. I mean, the conventions are great. It's sometimes you, by the end of it, you say, like, why the hell do I keep doing this? But huh. <laughs> it can get pretty beat down depending on how rigorous your schedule is or how far you've had to, to travel to get there. Uh, Grail was expressing earlier that the extra day this time actually made it a less stressful, if not less tiring experience. It's still yeah. a lot of long days. Oh, yeah. But you're not in quite as stressed a rush to get to everything. That was E. Th- that was E three. The years I win. It's like oh, it's like lines, lines. Right. Yeah. E three was oh. a zoo before. I mean, I got there one year. It was, it was, literally, I think it was the year before they locked it down, um, or basically they caved, imploded, and then reinvented themselves. Right. Um, and it was. It, it needed work because it was an unbelievable sensory assault, where. Each booth was trying to do it bigger, yeah. better, louder, sexier than the one next to it. And it's just like, what exactly the hell are you even selling? <laughs> I don't understand. You've got women who are barely clothed with cupcakes and your game is about demons. Right. Explain the connection between these things. And why are you playing Bach at 55 decibels over what is damaging I'm confused and afraid, and yeah, it was it was too damn much. Now, on the other on another topic, you were mentioning Pokemon games. There actually is two Pokemon games coming out because I just saw at E3 at E3, uh, GameStop Pokemon Rumble, which is their version of Disney Infinity and Skylanders. Oh, oh figurine games! Oh god! Oh, god. <laughs> How could I have overlooked that as the most obvious contender in that? I mean, they got what eight hundred Pokemon now, something like that. Yeah. I was out there reserving the new uh, 3DS. I'm finally gonna get a 3DS XL. So okay, they're making a Pokemon edition. I'll do because that's probably what I'm mainly playing on it, anyways. But a, a collectible figurine-based Pokemon game. Yes, but that, it's, it's Wii U, which means I won't buy it. <laughs> yeah. Well, why would they release it on any other platform? We've, we've right. got we've got the Skylanders one here, and we will almost certainly. Be a Disney Infinity family at there some point. There has to be somebody at Nintendo that's done the math and said, you know, if we release Pokemon on all systems, this is how much money we would make. Right. And I'm waiting for it, just like Sega eventually fell to that. You know, I'm guessing that's what's going to happen. Fell to their full checking account? Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, they basically said, well, why are we doing these systems? This sucks. We right. lose money on them every time. Let's just license our process our properties out and we'll just make games for all systems and hey what do you know we're rolling in money and suddenly Mario yeah, there was some appearing. shareholder lawsuit a while back where some of the shareholders were trying to force them to release some of their games on iOS and uh, Android hmm. I, I never heard where that actually materialized I assumed the Nintendo bought off the shareholders or whatever yeah shut up 
It's Prince money. Here, have some of it. Exactly. Huh. Interesting. It is what they do. So that's ones you've been to. So which which were the best that you've gone to then? Like I said, I've been to BlizzCon and the E3. Uh, the, uh, probably uh, the E3s were the best, especially the early ones. Yeah. Uh, I've done the BlizzCons, but uh, the, the, I don't know. It's only you can only take so much so much while before while in StarCraft before you said, okay, I've had my fill. Yeah, that's the part I'm not not really looking forward to. If I do manage to squeak in this year, is the there's going to be nothing really interesting or new yeah. to see because Titan has been yeah. scrapped and is beginning over again. Yeah, and I'm now I, I, I'm only going because essentially I have a, ch- a chance to go basically for free. Yeah, I mean to me I, the cost of the drive and from yeah. from Phoenix it's a reasonably trivial drive. So it's not something I was going to invest in myself when I got basically got said, hey, come, stay with us, and right. we'll see if we can get you a media pass. And like, if even if you don't get into BlizzCon, there'll still be all these great fun things we're going to be doing over here with AIE. I'm like, uh, mm, sign right. me up. Yeah. Now, I still have to inform Eyelight of all this and yeah. get spousal approval, but I'm considering it. But it's, it's more just to go hang out with people I know and because really I don't have a driving need to get into the con. What am I going to see? Well, BlizzCon's only a two-day con, though, right? Right. So, I mean, yeah, it's been years since I've gone, but I remember the years we went. It felt like I had the two days were the right amount, yeah. and it was a good amount of stuff to see. But yeah, I, mean, I always have—I have no real bad memories of the content of BlizzCon. Yeah, um, I remember it's funny. I didn't want a computer there one year, but oh well, hey, that doesn't suck. Un- yeah. Unfortunately, it was just after I'd overhauled my own game rig. Of so course, of like, course. Okay. Ended up selling it and putting it on. Uh, down payment money for my house. <laughs> oh well, still, still that free money suck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no, I was believe believe me, I was at Nerdtacular this year, hoping doghouse systems right. rig for free, so I didn't have to come begging to the listener base for money. I'm like, come on, they have this huge prize drawing, and you're basically yeah. rooting for. No, I don't want to win anything. Right. Because right. once you get drawn, you're out you're of the done, running for the then. last yep. drawing, which is the laptop. I'm like, no, no, and then you don't win. Like, oh, I could have won one of those other cool things. Damn it. But I digress. Hey, Barry, you were bitching at me for not being on Skype, and now you haven't even called? Dang. Come on. You're letting us down here. <sighs> um, but yeah, the, the Pokemon figurine-based game. Oh, look! Someone to add to our call. I wonder who that could possibly be. <laughs> um, do they have a timeline as to when that uh, the Pokemon figure game is likely to, to show up? Or is it just? I new... literally, ju- I literally just saw the posters for it at GameStop. I was over there uh, yeah. 15 minutes ago. I didn't take a look. Yeah. I didn't see a date. But if they're already doing promotional materials, it can't be that long. Right. It's probably a holiday 2013 thing that they're warming up for. Yeah. The interesting thing though is that Disney Infinity actually is supposed to be pretty good. Oh no, it looks like, like a, f- a fun game. That Sky- one actually... Skylanders is an awesomely fun game. I love no, playing. I've never it. played it. So. It's it's a it's a platformer. I mean, yeah. It's just a well executed platformer with right. the the gadget yeah. you know, is uh, the interface you put where your you, figure you put your figurine yeah. down to beam the figure right, in, right. and then it's all it's like the old original wow boss fights are all resistance based oh okay so you have your nature right. frost fire right. and water characters it's um that's cool. basically and, and and undead um right. and they have basically different zones you go into you 
benefit from putting the right kind of character. Yeah. You can basically run through anything with any of them. Right. But you get extra content, extra benefit, and easier time with the right the right one. type of tune. And of yeah. course, you know, you might need to go buy some more because right. five types and then only get three with the starter set. Oh, oh my look, goodness. there's zones that you don't have matching characters for and it's a freaking genius move because the kids are like, we got to go get an undead Skylander. Right. Because there's a zone here where the undead are strong and I don't have an undead Skylander. Wow. And Disney Infinity is likely following the same. I know they're releasing like building sets because you yeah. can actually build your stuff, right. I think. In and there's, there's worlds. Right. Um, I haven't looked closely at it, but I'm, just, I'm I think they're I'm releasing, scared to. They're releasing like a Bioshock world. That blows my mind. And that really blows my mind. Captain Jack Sparrow in Rapture? I don't exactly. know, man. <laughs> so, uh, oh, Beard Bearer, you have joined us. What's up? Listen, I wasn't bitching about you not being logged into Skype. I was just trying to help because you noticed you weren't logged into Skype and it was almost time for the call-in segment. Right. (laughs) And I'm spent. (laughs) And I'm spent indeed. I am actually and coincidentally seeing a Diablo 3 on the PlayStation home console commercial on TV right now during Hmm. the Packers uh, 49ers game, which is weird. I guess they're they're really trying to push that. They're shooting for that cross-pollination. I don't understand why everyone's all like, oh, they finally did it. They finally put a, a one of these Blizzard games on the console. The original Diablo game was out on PlayStation. But it wasn't considered I, good. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, that's the problem. Like, the original Diablo wasn't that big of a hit. It was Diablo 2 that really... Yeah, D2 that really was really... That got everyone got their feet, their, their teeth sunk into. And the biggest problem I had with... Diablo uh, on the PlayStation is the same problem people are having with this game only, like you said, uh, they did make it a little bit more streamlined. And that is, if you are sitting in front of a TV with a friend or three friends playing, and they want to open their inventory, and look, everyone else has got to sit there and twiddle their thumbs. Right. And that's exactly the problem we had. Uh, It was only two-player, if I remember correctly, but I don't believe there was anything more than two-player on PlayStation, the original PlayStation. Uh, but yeah, anytime my friend wanted to look at his inventory and change his loot, you know, like, oh, I found this new sword. Is this better than the one I had? He had to, the other person was forced to sit there and listen. But uh, we were house-sitting for his grandma once, because this was when we were in high school. <laughs> this came out in the 90s. And we played through from the beginning to the end of the game in one on one Saturday, uh, straight through, just me and my buddy sitting <laughs> sitting at his grandma's house. And it was awesome. That was a really great time. Good times, as they say. Yeah, well, I think yeah. from a, a control perspective, they've already proven they can do the Diablo-esque type thing on the consoles from, like like I said, the Dark Alliance series was really well done, and it showed that from a control standpoint, you could do it. Yeah. You know, they can make it playable. That's That seems to have yeah. been solved. That would have been my initial concern is just... But I'm, I, I have never grown the gland that makes me mind meld with a game console controller. Mm-hmm has forever felt clunky to me. I'm always right. struggling to... Even even games that I had lots of hours in into, I would always struggle to remember what's where, yeah. and I'm actually looking at the damn controller to read the labels or check the colors. I was just... I just I'm fundamentally... So, especially the shoulder buttons. The shoulder buttons, for some reason, now that there's you know two of each of them, yeah. screws me up entirely. I have this bizarre mental block... Huh. Against the shoulder buttons, 
I don't know what it is. I love the analog sticks. The analog sticks, on, and if a game utilizes them, I absolutely love when they, when they added those into the, the Sony controllers yeah. and pretty much every controller since then. Right. The one on the Nintendo 64 sucked donkey ball sweat. It was if I the single, the, the single thumb was the first one. The single thumb. Uh, that was stick. the GameCube, wasn't it? No, the N64 had the, oh, the, the weird ass controller. Oh, Super Nintendo did have them though. They had the LR. Yeah. The the, the shoulder the buttons. Button. I'm talking yeah. about analog. Stuff. Analog sticks. No. I don't remember the Super Nintendo having analog. No, Maybe, not, not oh, wait, no, 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 I'm talking no, about the Nintendo the, the, the N64. 64, okay, yeah, 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 I remember not, it. Not the SNES. I remember it. Got it, got it, got it. Had, that that Sorry. Like a weird freaking controller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. It was funky. Yeah, it, that is one word for it, yes. Yes. Um, so that one was off the beaten path. But just your standard DualShock sure. or Xbox-style controller. I don't know if it's the big freaking you know, meat hook yeah. hands I've got or what, but I've just always been lousy at it, so I just... This takes it to the, like, wow, you want to adapt mouse and keyboard to this, and that just is a recipe for me to hurt myself. Right. Because I suck. So it's not saying anything about the developers. It's, it's in fact, all about me because, well, yeah. Damn. Are you smoking crack? Not today. No, thank you. So, Barry, uh, last year, we, we all managed to actually make it to PAX, not just the... Uh, yeah. Grail Daxa contingent. Um, you seemed to greatly enjoy yourself, but uh, what's your experience yeah. been? That was probably the best con I've ever been to because it's pretty much the only major con I've ever been to. Yeah. Well, that'll do there it. You go. Uh, uh, the other ones that were all small time local stuff. Although I did go to FableCon this year, which is um, you were talking about at PAX. She played uh, The Wolf Among Us. Mm hmm. Uh, which is based on the Fables comic book right. uh, series. Uh, the guy who created that lives in nearby here and decided that if he was going to do a FableCon, he was going to do it himself and just throw it locally. Hmm, and nice. so randomly, like well, a month in advance, I found out that there was going to be a con here in town based entirely around one uh, comic. Well, not, I mean, it was called FableCon, but it was um, pretty much they, they left it open to all fantasy themed comics and stuff. And, Your typical and, and, gathering of the tribes kind of a moment. Well, yeah, but it was it was a very niche con. And it, but it was yeah. really cool because like there was a lot of uh, comic artists and creators there that you had ready access to like completely. And there, I mean, it was on the agenda for the con that uh, at such and such time we're all going to go over to this bar and hang out and if you want to go hang out with us there just show up there. Nice. That's the way it should be. <laughs> yeah, and it was like all right, and, and so people just went, and I don't know. It, it seemed a little bizarre being there because it was like this is a little too easy. It's like a m couple miles from my house. Everyone's being super cool. You know, you were just waiting for like the cameras to come out and be like, "Ah, we we punked you or something." And we're like, "This is really <laughs> this is really weird." That's a yeah. lot of effort to go to to get you know. Anyway, yeah, uh, the Fables comics were really cool. Uh, I think that they uh, really kind of did the modern day uh telling of of the fairy tale thing way before uh uh once that upon show? a time once upon a time yeah once upon a time which already has it. a freaking spin-off what yeah they're it, talking about doing a spin-off no there, there is going to be one this season it is already produced it is once upon a time in wonderland yeah, oh, the Jesus. Peter Pan stuff, yeah. No, no 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 no, no that's alice. neverland yeah alice. this oh, is no, no. this is alice Oh, Wonderland, Wonderland. Yeah, Wonderland. Yeah, yeah. Not one, see, too many lands. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Wonderland or Neverland or maybe Land or... Candyland. Candyland. Yeah. 
Oh God, my I'm still, children are, I'm still are overdosing on Wreck-It Ralph. Girls to start showing up on that show. Wait for who? The, uh, any of the Marvel characters. Oh God, they are because owned by the mouse. Disney now, aren't owns they? the rights to all. That would be kind of awesome. God, no! Please do not do a crossover with Agents of Shield. Don't do it. Don't do it. And then, like a stormtrooper oh, appears. That'd be awesome. Oh, God. <laughs> Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is going to be on on the same channel, uh, 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 you know, at the same time. Oh, you know God. they're going to do a crossover No, show. they you can't. They can't. Don't do it. All they need to do is have Loki show up in one episode once upon a time, and people are going to lose their minds. Crossing the stream. I would lose my crap just because Tom Hiddleston rocks that role so well. <laughs> he does. I just, watched, but, I just watched The Avengers last night, too. It's on Netflix streaming now, and I was like, uh, all right. <laughs> the bits from... Thor the Dark World with Hiddleston and the scenes with him mm-hmm. in his kind of dejected, beaten up mm-hmm. state, but yeah. still clearly the conniving, shifty, sure. I am sure. going to find a way to win in this situation. I'm right. down, I'm not out. It's just like, I love this character. They're, they've gone officially into overusing him territory, yeah. in my opinion. Um, it depends on how large his role is actually is in Dark World. It could be where they just, he's a MacGuffin to bring him in to do one thing. Right. He tries to betray Thor or escapes yeah. to, to, to haunt him again another day or is definitively put back in his cage. Who knows? But if they use him heavily, I'm going to be a little... I'm afraid that they... The one note, one note, one note, villain. Same villain, same villain, yeah. same villain again. Well... Loki's always had that problem in the Marvel Universe, especially back in the 60s and 70s. Yeah. When they first started the Avengers, it was always like, oh, what's this new thing that's happening? Someone's shown up and it's, and oh, wait, Loki was pulling the strings behind oh, it. Oh, it was time. Loki behind it. Oh, who, uh, pull the mask off, kids. And I would have gotten away with it, too. If it wasn't for you darn Avengers. Right. Uh, oh, you guys were talking about the Marvel or the, the DC Comics gay marriage thing. And I, yeah. it made me think that's like, that's the one thing about Marvel that was always a little bit more, I mean, it, it honed in realism is kind of hard to say with comic books or whatever, but yeah. DC has always stuck to that, oh no, this isn't New York, this is Metropolis, and mm-hmm. this, is, this is Gotham City, and so I figured they would fall back on their thing. New York like, and well, Chicago, no. just own it, okay? Yeah, they, I would think really? they would fall back on their thing. We're like, well, no, gay marriage may be legal in Seattle, but it's not legal in Metropolis. Right? No, Metropolis, Metropolis is New York, is... and Gotham is Chicago. No, I always thought uh, Metropolis was DC, and then I was going to say Star City. I think Star City is supposed to be Seattle or something, or maybe yeah. that's San Diego. I don't know. I yeah. forget. It's too damn confusing. Set your place in the real world, like, like yeah, like Marvel does, like, sensibly. Right, right. Like Marvel does. Yeah, and who had their you know their gay, big gay marriage thing ages ago? Yeah, at least with about North a Star. Year ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The X Men comics. Yeah, yeah. North Star. The, <clears throat> the you knew he was gay before they wrote him as gay. Right, character. right. <laughs> but anyway, so we also have an email here from uh, the aforementioned MacBit. Mm-hmm. Says, "Hey, Noam, In the last broadcast, you guys were trying to think of movies that had direct tie-ins with the story of a TV show. We had t- talked about the X Files, sure. uh, Fight the Future, and." the now upcoming Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the other Marvel Universe uh, movies, Marvel Cinematic Universe, I should say, make that distinction. I have a few more examples in case you guys want to do a follow-up. I can think of three TV shows that used a movie in between seasons to move their story along. The movies were used as a way to shake up things and introduce new characters. You'll notice these are all the same time period and genre. And I had the reason I didn't think of these is because I hadn't thought about animated Oh, yeah. He-Man and She-Ra, The Secret of the Sword, 1985. 
Transformers the Movie, 1986, right. G.I. Joe the Movie, 1987. These are all yeah. Hasbro properties and were used to make more characters to sell more toys. Right, right. So, yes, absolutely correct. Those were television shows that had movies that were a part of the official continuity. Mm-hmm. And um, let's see, G.I. Joe actually ended up being directed video, but was planned for theaters. They changed direction because of the poor showing Transformers and other animated movies it had at the box office. A few other 80s animated series also used TV movie to do the same thing and shake up their stories and characters. And I just thought of another one because I forgot that Battlestar Galactica was originally a theatrical release. Was it? Or they broadcast on television and then also showed, wow. showed the pilot movie yeah. in theaters. That's cool. Um, so technically, I guess that was a movie that went into TV series. So good observation there, MacBit. I hadn't thought about the world of animation at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think it's still a very uncommon thing in the uh, live action area. We'll see if Disney Marvel uh, shows how effective this can be because I think it'll. I mean, Ron Howard had grand plans for the Dark Tower series, and we had talked about previously on the show where it was going to be a, a deliberate intermingling and mixing of movies for big plot moments leading into a year or two of television right. series for them basically wandering between uh, worlds. Lo- worlds and locations. <laughs> and basically we're, we're going to go back and forth between big movie, television, big movie, television to tell the story, which I think was really the only way you can tackle something like The Dark Tower, which, for the love of God, is a heroin-induced hallucination that is all over not just the map, but every map everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's just the multiverse. Don't worry about it. I'm actually rereading those right now. I'm on book five, and uh, what I, a I trip believe, those are! I believe that they are still thinking about doing it. Uh, the most recent news was, of course, that uh, up until a couple weeks ago, Ben Affleck was attached to direct. So. Now he's a little busy with Batfleck. Yeah, the, as soon as that Batman thing came out, they were like, "Well, now it's open. They need a new director for it." But they're still thinking about doing it. And I'm rereading those books right now, and I'm every couple minutes I stop and go, yeah, they're not going to be able to film this. This is going to be impossible. I can barely understand it when I'm reading it. Mm-hmm. And then from the You'd last... like doing Wheel of Time. Yeah. Only better. Yeah, Wheel of Time without, you know, Robert Jordan. Um, and and 10,000 characters. But, I mean, but Uncle George, R.R. R. Martin, does 10,000 characters and does them well. So it can be done... Just it wasn't done quite as well by Mr. Jordan, the dearly departed. I also missed a little bit of MacBit's email. On the reverse side, I can think of one movie that launched a TV series, Stargate. They sure. changed some of the small details for the series, but all the characters and events of the movie were part of the canon of the series, and they revisited even minor characters and locations. That from MacBit. Not to be confused with MacButt. Right. Um, yes, good observation there. And it's interesting because you look at... You know, Stuff that Dean Devlin has, has and uh, Emmerich have uh, posted about that, and you know they had originally pitched this as a movie trilogy to the studios, and were actually quite put out that they instead went with Showtime and decided right. to develop at the time an ambitious idea of a you know PG thirteen rated 
uh, cable TV series based on the movie. Because you look at the original pilot movie for Stargate and <gasps> boobies um, and cursing. You know, they, they were definitely you know, keeping it, you know, saying, "Hey, you're getting something. You're getting right. you're getting curse words and skin for your for your Showtime subscription." Um, and then once it came over to sci-fi, you know, by then it had been calmed down quite a bit. Yeah. But they're talking about rebooting Stargate now as a movie series and to do it as movies only and you do the trilogy of movies. And I just, I'm getting real sick of hearing the word reboot. Right, right. Uh, there's a great story linked on io9.com, which I know it's a Gawker site, but sometimes they have good content. Um, they had a link to a, a wonderful story a guy had written about being hired to write the reboot of a franchise that hadn't been released yet. <laughs> That's crazy. So he was basically developing the reboot before slash in tandem with the initial release. And it was basically this, this farcical look and, and just all the things that are wrong with Hollywood and their reboot men mentality. So you want me to reboot the movie? No, no, no. It's not a movie. It's a franchise. Right. You reboot the franchise? Yes. Okay, what franchise is this? Uh, well, we, we, we don't have a script, we don't have a script yeah. for the original movie yet. Um, what? And what's weird is you're reading this, and it makes a bizarre like, kind of Hollywood sense. Yep. Uh, it's like they take two teams and pit them against each other. Whichever one of you gets the script out first, you're the original version. Right. And that's the interesting. The guy gets to the end of the thing is basically, well, we have a small problem. The main actor in the franchise has rejected the script for the original movie. <laughs> You mean the one that I based the reboot on? Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, but we were, we're liking the reboot better, so we're, I think we're going to pre-launch the reboot, and the guy's like, I need to get out of Hollywood because that yeah. made sense to me. Yeah. Um, and it, so I cringe when I hear things like, oh, we're going to reboot Stargate. Right. It's like... <laughs> in Russia, the reboot is the original. That's right. Yeah. In Soviet Russia, reboot, reboot is movie Ooh. franchise. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That is so wrong. We are so old. Yep. Yeah, just Stargate, it's, it shows how it can be done and be done well. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they I came into like season nine and ten mm -hmm. of that thinking, wow, guys, money grab, really? And they actually pulled me in and Dude. had a compelling storyline with new characters, major characters written out. All new bad guys. Right. Um, and it, you know, it was basically, at that point, it was Farscape S SG-1 because they had two of the major actors from Farscape in yeah. regular roles at that point. But to their credit, Claudia and, and Ben Browder both did a good job making different and new characters that fit the universe. And they kept me coming. They, I, they got me to buy the DVDs. I mean, that was a long-ass run. You think the original movie, 10 seasons of television, and it was three direct, two or three directed DVD movies. I forget. Are you counting? Are you counting Stargate Atlantis and the other one too? No, just just S, this the SG one through SG one, yeah. Because Atlantis and I can the other show Universe. Universe. Yeah, Universe. Those shows were awesome too. Atlantis, I had a harder time with. It got way too campy and predictable yeah, and I Star Trekky for me. Well, yeah, um, because there's characters from Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, uh, and Universe. I Universe is awesome. I looked. I watched that one, thinking, "Oh God!" And like it. it grabbed me that yeah. one. And I'm so pissed off when that one got canceled yep. because it was 
Yeah. It's like, here is how you rejuvenate right. a tired property. Because at that point, Stargate property was tired. Oh, yeah. They had cut Atlantis short and written a really quick, tight and tidy yep. ending to it. And SG-1 had finished his DVDs. And like, oh, you're not going to let it rest, guys. And you're going to do this other thing. And they brought it in. They darkened it up. They had good, real, believable writing with profoundly flawed human characters in yep. it. And here's how people would act in a really major, screwed-up crisis situation like that where they are cut off from civilization. Like, all the worst in some people, some of the best in others. And learn, it's like... Holy crap, is this good writing? So, of course, it got canceled. Yeah. Are you, are you ready for me to drop the news on you that will make, make you hate me forever? What are they I rebooting? Knew I, re- I knew I read this somewhere this week. What are I they rebooting? Roland Emmerich plans to reboot Stargate as a film show. No, I said that earlier in the conversation. You weren't paying attention. Okay. I was already I aware of that. No. And they're already planning on rebooting Stargate. I know. Yep. <laughs> I just... Mm. It's been this is as good a, a time years. as any to end. It's time. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 well, it's, it's probably an obscure licensing thing. I'm sure. If we don't publish something, right, we're gonna if we don't make a Superman movie, we're going to revert right, the right, rights right. back to the family. We can't have that. Yep. Same God, thing Stargate with, came out in 94. Yep. I know. We're old. Okay? That's the part I don't like to think about too much because you think, wow, that's 10 seasons. That's 10 or 11 years of my life mm-hmm. during which Same Stargate Pulp S- Fiction came out. Yeah, different kind of beast. <sighs> anyway, it's, so, it's the only movie I associate with 1994. It's Pulp Fiction. That's what I remember from that year. And now you can associate Stargate with it. Stargate was think, one of the last movies I that Jurassic I went into Park cold. I had not heard one bit about it. I knew nothing about it, and literally went from someone telling me, "Hey, let's go see Stargate." It just came out. What gate? That and The Matrix were the last two movies I managed to hear nothing about and go into, last two good movies, that I went into cold and had that rare experience of just getting it the way the storyteller intended of, you know nothing about this, and go. And they were both fantastic experiences. Um, Fifth element for me. I went in that really cold. Me too. Other than I just said, I like Bruce Still, Willis. <laughs> I think that was basically my... I don't my, like Bruce Willis, and I was won over by that That movie. was my uh, my entire reason to go see it. And it's sci-fi. That's all I really knew. Right. So. But right. anyway, so I'm going to kick you guys yep. to the curb. Thanks for calling in and joining us for this episode. No, thank you. Oh, that must be Reginald speaking, because it was nice and sweet. <laughs> anyway, you have been listening to Casually Hardcore live on Alpha Geek Radio with finally, functioning simulcasts on Versus the World Radio and Rivalcast Radio. We shall be back next week, same bat time, same bat channel, possibly with women's. Maybe. There might be women's. There is going to be, no, actually the Gwenora wedding's on a Saturday, so that won't interfere. Yeah. That's not until October anyway. Today it's foosball season, so I make, no guar- I make no guarantee about myself. <laughs> yeah, just keep your Skype rig ready, Sorry, okay? No. Well, no, foosball usually means I'm at a bar, so unless they have <laughs> Skype in the bar, well, probably. You have Skype on your, or Skype on your, at on your, the stadium. <laughs> put it on your uh, smartphone. We'll at least have you call in Yikes. and, and well, give, if us I had this, give us a watch. That give us the, there you go. Yeah. See, you be that's it. That's the selling made. point. Boom. I know you're listening. Right. Do it and send us free versions yep. of it. All right. I have been no more. I've been Grail. We are out of here. Bye.
Bombadida, 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 Bombad